wait, wait, I'll take the place of Brad. Hey, everybody, what? <laughs> I was pointing at myself. Oh, okay. Hey, guys, start real nerd. I'm Brad. Do it. Uh, oh, good. He's going to cut this out. Uh, I hope. We're going to put it, it at in. the end. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome back to Real Nerds. I am Ryan, and next to me is... James. And this week, we saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes. We did. We and uh, before we get into our review of Planet of the Apes, real news, start now. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something at you that just literally just happened. I was just checking in. I'm gonna turn this away. Okay. So you cool. Know, I'm gonna throw this at you, and you're gonna be like, "What? That's crazy." <laughs> How about this? How about Amazing Spider-Man 2 gets a 2014 release? You know date? what? I wrote that on my notes right here. But it just happened, Ryan. How could you possibly know? Because I am connected. Oh, because you checked the internet right before we left, didn't you? It is. Oh, yeah, okay. I did. Uh, yeah, then, actually, I was pretty shocked that it's so quick. Because uh, two yeah. years turnaround is fast. Not even two years. It's uh, honestly, it's there's a, a part of year me, and it, ten months. It scares me to some extent because it makes me feel like Amazing Spider-Man is going to do really poorly. Just to like, it's one of those count your chickens moments. Yeah. You know? It uh, I, it'll probably do just fine, and they'll they'll make a sequel. But they anyway. obviously have a lot of faith in it, and yeah. that means the end of it's going to have a cliffhanger. It's, this is oh oh yeah, you're right. And uh, I'm hoping the cliffhanger is the Green Goblin. Ooh, okay. Well, let's move on to some actual news. <laughs> Something that's not just like ethereal. Uh, and we're going to start with the thing that annoys the shit out of me the most. Rihanna and Battleship. No, mm, uh, a contender. No. <laughs> it, it's, it's in fact, in all fact, her lines in ADR auto-tuned. <laughs> it's actually it's actually the same kind of annoying, but in the opposite <laughs> direction. This is something annoying about a really good movie that I look forward to, and it's how much I can't avoid the leaked photos of the Dark Knight Return. You know, the Dark Knight Rises. I might put that down too. Have you seen them? Yeah, I have seen them, but like, uh, as you know, as soon as I start to see something, I scroll by as quickly as I can because they're everywhere, and I hate every single one of them. Yeah, this the when Spider Man was filming, they were doing the same thing where you'd have spy spy photos or people across the street taking pictures of. But this. these are, I mean, those for the most part were video of you know him swigging through streets where it made sense that somebody. But this, like, I, how is it that this didn't happen on Dark Knight uh, on the Dark Knight where? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see much out of the Dark Knight. We didn't see the Joker until. Right when they wanted to tell us, yeah. right when they I wanted it to reveal it, that, uh, I've seen what Catwoman looks like. Yeah, that cover of Empire. I remember the Joker yeah. distinctly on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you're right. And I was reading the, the article that you're referring to, and the reason they released an official picture is because they don't want people to see a stunt woman in a stunt costume mm. with the Anna Hathaway's costume, and they yeah. want it to look decent. It, yeah, I, it, it, it's annoying. I would like to... I mean, there's a part of me that wants to never see a trailer, like a real trailer for this movie, that wants to completely go in as as, uh, as blind as I possibly can, but... That's always really hard, though, because... Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I did that once. I did yeah, that where I, maybe, I, uh, I watched yeah. absolutely nothing about a movie, went in completely blind. Uh, it was sort of this experiment that I wanted to do. You know what movie I did it for? I'm interested. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> I did it for The Happening. Oh. There was a part of me, because at that point, like, M. Night had only made one bad movie as far as I'm concerned. 
because I was a big fan of the village, and then he was making another movie, and uh, you know, I had heard, yeah. I heard good buzz. I had actually read the first couple pages of the script, um, and then I thought, you know what, this is what like I felt like I had enough faith in that movie being good that I could watch nothing about it and going go into the theater blind, and I did, and it was the worst. I, I need to do it again. So what? Uh how did you, if you went to a movie and the trailer for The Happening came on, would you run out of the theater? No, it was usually like like I would look at whoever's sitting next to me and, and maybe try and strike up a conversation mm. so that I wasn't, you know, I I can't say that I never saw anything yeah, about that's it. I, was... I saw images, I saw, you know, it was... Uh, the nice thing was that that wasn't a huge movie, that wasn't The Dark Knight mm-hmm. where it was everywhere uh, and everyone cared about it. Most people didn't care at all, so it wasn't yeah. like it was on a lot of uh, news websites or anything. So, so do you think his biggest problem now is, besides The Last Airbender, is that he has to have some sort of twist in his movies? That no. he's handcuffed by it? No, because the truth is, I don't think Signs really has a twist. Uh, and Village isn't really about the twist. I mean, yeah, yeah it's unfortunate that he... Uh, like, The Village is the first one that I think suffers from... Uh, people anticipating the twist and going in and watching that movie constantly looking for the twist Mm -hmm. because that movie the twist is not that hard to figure out and it's not really that important so when it happens it doesn't it's not like the sixth sense or unbreakable Mm -hmm. where it changes the way you see that movie it's just like and this other thing you know Mm -hmm. uh which it does actually the village it does change if you if you learn what's really going on in that movie and then you watch that movie again and you see that first scene which is a, a, a funeral for like a, a little boy who died from some disease and you go wait a second this is all of a sudden the fact that they're living in this artificial world spoilers is really <laughs> uh, sort of jarring but no the, his real problem is just that he's he's drunk his own Kool-Aid too much and uh, he, yeah, I, he's, I, not, I, he's not paying attention to the story anymore and uh, I'll never forget the an interview I read I forget what magazine. It might have been uh, Rolling Stone. And they were talking about The Lady in the Water before it was released. Yeah. And he had a partnership with Disney, Touchstone Pictures, yeah. um, Sixth Sense, Village, all his movies. And the head of Disney Films, I forget her name at the time. She might still be there. I don't know. Um, she read the script for Lady in the Water. And she told him flat out, this script is not good. I'm not going to give you $150 million to make this movie. <laughs> you need to go back and rewrite it. And I guess he left that meeting crying. Mm. And she said, and they interviewed her for that story too. And she said, look, I'm sorry. We, you know, we have <laughs> a high quality of product we want to put out. And yeah. if we read something we don't like, just because of who his name is, we're not just going to give him money. Yeah. And Which is it's the right thing for them to do. Yeah. And he was so hurt by it. That he didn't want to shop around. And then Warner Brothers heard that he had a movie that he wanted to make. And they said, you know what? We'll give you the money because you've made, you've had a good track record and we're, yeah. we're going to give it to you. And it turned out really crappy. Yeah. And then he made The Happening, which is despised. Is, yeah. And then I, I, the most despised movie I, of all is The Last Airbender that he made. So Yeah, for sure. Because that's a movie, you know, uh, Lady in the Water was a movie that I could forgive after I'd seen it because... For two reasons. First of all, it was before Pan's Labyrinth, so I walked out kind of feeling like, well, that was kind of interesting. That was like a an adult fairy tale kind of a movie. Like, it was at least something I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Later that very year, in fact, I was going to see Pan's Labyrinth, which was really the yeah. adult fairy tale I wanted. 
But the other thing was that I knew that he had – I mean from the beginning he had said that he made that movie for his kids. Like that mm-hmm. that story came out of this little story that he had been – the sort of bedtime story he had been making up for his children each night. And so he took elements of that story and made it into this movie. And so I was able to forgive that and that's why when The Happening came around, I wasn't basing my anticipation for that movie on – well, the lady in the water was crap. I was basing it on well, the first four movies were really good, and this is him getting back to that. Yeah, and then it was just that really was the movie where I just felt like he was he was sort of going through the motions of what his original four films were, mm-hmm. and not really uh, making. Something I've never seen the happening, and because I good. I've heard so many, my brother hated it, and he's not that hard of a please of a movie fan because he's he's not into him like I am, and yeah. it, way it makes me sad because I miss. The director, one of my favorite shots of any of his movies is when uh, – I forget the name of Samuel Jackson's character in Unbreakable. Mr. Glass? Yeah, Mr. No, Glass. No, uh, Ezekiel. No, Eli. Some, Eli something with something, e. yeah. Something like that. But he was given a comic book and he – it was given to him upside yeah. down and he uh, turns it. And I love that, how the camera turns yeah. it. That, But, you know – like, Yeah, the camera turns more – the camera is crooked for it to begin with and so it turns more than it needs to. Yeah. So, I mean, I miss that kind of stuff. But, yeah – Back to the, you know, the pictures being leaked. It's not that surprising, and it's for a movie so big. Yeah, I guess. It, uh, honestly, I I just wish that it's more that I wish that the sites that I follow and such would hide that stuff better. And yeah. Be like, hey, okay, here's some stuff, but you don't need to see it. Yeah, I go to um, IGN more than I go to Slash Film, and I mean, it's yeah. the first story on IGN is her with the glasses. And, and part of the problem, it's not even necessarily their fault because like Slash Film. Uh, is a blog where there's the top section and usually the photos are all in the, you know, you have yeah. to click on the article to really go there. But I read everything in an RSS reader, which means that I get the whole article. Um, so it's partially my fault, but I still just, I don't, I don't want to see them at all. I don't know why people are taking pictures of them. Like I can be, this yeah. is not, that's not the kind of movie news that I enjoy. Yeah, I know? agree. It's not the sort of speculation stuff. It's just spoilers. It's just like, here's something that you... Well, eventually you're going to see this and it's going to look way cooler, but now you're <laughs> going to have it spoiled for you. Uh, it's just a shame. Yeah, um, kind of going on the same thing, did you see the new picture of Superman? I did. That's actually the next thing on my list. I, he looks like a greaser. <laughs> Why yeah, is his hair so I, slicked back? I really... I wrote it down because I felt like it should be important, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Um, and I, the, the one thing about he crushed a safe behind him, or yeah, that's the one thing that I think is kind of cool about it is that the the only I've said from the beginning I, I, the only way I think they can make a Superman movie that's in any way interesting or successful is if they just make it a straight up action film. Yeah, like, I agree. Here's this guy who really can't be beat, and he has to fight a really big. Uh, well, I, I joked in a previous podcast, he has to fight a really big space spider. <laughs> uh, and that would be the whole movie, and that that could be cool. The fact that he's breaking a safe, that he's a big muscular looking dude, you know, fine. The fact that his suit looks like this weird scaly, eh. like Spider Man, yeah, like that texture. You know what I mean? But it's it's not as organic looking as the Spider Man. It doesn't yeah. look real. It looks like. And his, do you notice the emblem's really high on it? Maybe it's just the position he's I, in. Yeah, I think that was. I don't. I didn't notice that. That was probably just. A I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Superman, so whatever. Oh I'll, yeah, I, I mean, I'll go see I'll it. I'll see it because I have to, but. <laughs> Nah, I don't. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, the next thing I've got on here is uh, Bruce Campbell's going to be in Oz. Yeah, I, I put that on here, too. We're so... Yeah, we're so... We are. We are. On the yeah. same wavelength. And his uh, tweet, or his post on his website, is what he posted on his Spider-Man ones, 
where he says, I'm in Spider-Man, or now in this case, I'm in Oz. Pivotal role. And he's always, <laughs> you know, some yeah. schmo or... I mean, the truth is, he's big enough now, you know, that they could they could put him in a, a real role. They could. Um, they probably won't. Yeah. But, because I, I have a feeling Sam Raimi probably just likes having him in a scene where they can really yeah. just goof around and, and not have it be important, and then... Uh, I'd love to see them actually make a movie together again, though. Yeah. Because that'd be awesome. One of my favorite pa- commentaries ever is on the Army of Darkness director's cut. And it's just him and Sam Raimi, and they're just so funny together. And Bruce Campbell was, and it, you've you've heard Sam Raimi speak, yeah, he, kind oh, of yeah, that yeah, yeah. nerdy kind of sounding yeah. voice. And so Sam Raimi was, I mean, Bruce Campbell was talking about the scene where he says, "Give me some sugar, baby," and that wasn't in the script. Yeah, and her smack wasn't in the script. And so they filmed first. They filmed the smack because, and she didn't, he didn't tell Bruce Campbell that he was going to get smacked. And uh, he said he said, called M. Beth Davids over. He said, <laughs> "Smack him as hard as you can." <laughs> and uh, so that's why, if you watch the scene and you looked on Bruce Campbell's face, he's like genuinely shocked <laughs> because she just wells into him. And then uh, after he yelled "cut," Bruce like went over and talked to Sam Raimi. And said, "Hey, man, what was that about?" He says, <laughs> "After after she smacks you, look in her eyes and say, give me some sugar, baby.'" <laughs> and that's how that whole scene came. And uh, that, so I think it'd be fun to see them in a movie again. Yeah. Com- Collaborate because they uh, have a lot of fun together. Yeah. While we're talking about him, then this is just out of nowhere. I, I want him to play Sully in the Uncharted movie. That'd be awesome. I, yeah. I, I he mean, wouldn't have to change what he wears normally. No, he would just be <laughs> Sam from. I mean, while while I don't think that you can really get Nathan Fillion to play Drake, I I don't know. I don't understand a world where you don't cast uh, Bruce Campbell as, as Sully. <laughs> but uh, anyway, moving on. While we're talking about Spider Man, this has nothing to do with movies. Did you? But I feel like we my needed. next one's. The same thing. All right, I feel like we have to talk about this just because I want to. I want to find out what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who the hell is Miles Morales, and, and why should I care? Uh, you know they haven't revealed that yet. Okay. I read an interview with Brian. Uh, for those who are listening, they killed Ultimate Peter Parker, not the real yeah. Peter Parker, and not that they haven't killed Peter Parker before. Yeah, he has died a couple of times. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe just once for sure. He died in this not very good thing called the Other. Where he got enhanced spider abilities, which and he was killed by a villain that shouldn't have killed him, and so it didn't have any emotional impact. Yeah. So. And technically, Craven doesn't kill him. Yeah. So he so Bendis said he the only opportunity you'd have to kill Peter Parker and tell the story of Peter Parker's last stand would be an Ultimate Spider-Man, which yeah, of course you you would never kill Spider-Man in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so he came up with this story where spider-man dies and he want to introduce a new spider-man and no one knows who miles morales is yeah. but he's swinging around in spider-man suit there's, and there's two weird things about it uh the first thing is i don't know why he didn't introduce miles before this i kind of feel yeah. like though I, I guess you know you don't want to taint the you know what is supposed to be this epic lovable story about spider-man dying which sounds weird you don't want to taint that with introducing this new character uh, but the other thing, and what seems to be the biggest news story, n- or news bit about this, is the fact that he is half black and half Hispanic. Yes. Which is, it does feel a little bit like reaching. Like, yeah. th- hey, hey, we are going to make a racial superhero, guys. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, and I think it was really unnecessary, because actually, in my interpretation of the character, and I agree with Stan Lee, is because Spider-Man's fully covered in a mask from head to toe in a costume, you could be Indian 
and yeah. be Spider-Man. You could be black and be Spider-Man. And I'm a firm believer that. I remember you asked me, uh, I forget the name of the actor. Uh, uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, if I would have mind if he was Spider-Man. And, of course, I, I wouldn't because, to me, the essence of who Peter Parker is isn't the color of your skin. It's right. the content of his character. Right. And that was sort of what I said back when that story first happened. Um, I had sort of said, like, the, the problem I had with it was I don't want them to make – and that, that was when it was going to be Peter Parker. I don't want them to make uh, Peter Parker, uh, Peter Parker's blackness a defining character of yeah, character, exactly. Which sounds weird, but no, no, I want I that character to be Peter Parker, and then I don't want it to matter what skill, what, what color his skin. Exactly, is. and I hope because they're relaunching Ultimate Spider-Man. Obviously, I'm not sure the month, but when they do that, they're going to retell. They're going to tell how he became Spider-Man, and I hope it's it has something to do with. You know, he needs to redeem himself. And because Peter Parker's biggest fault is being Peter Parker. Yeah. And it's the guilt he has, whether it's. It, there's actually a great issue. I, for, I don't remember. It's very recently, though. And someone asked him because he saved. Actually, I think it's one I just read in Amazing Spider Man. It's a little. It is. It's a little seven page backup story. And Spider Man's swinging through. He's saving all these people, and everyone's yelling at him. And. He, and he swings away and he says, why do I even do this? You know, because no one cares what I do. Right. And he, in, in the process of the story, he saved this old man from stepping in front of a cab, getting ran over. And the old man says, oh, I'm so old. Why you pull me so hard? You don't need to do that to me. And, well, you know, something like that. Yeah. And so he goes home and he's pu- pulling the webbing off of him. And he's like cursing. And his wife says, you're okay. I thank Spider-Man every, uh, for doing that. And it's basically saying that even though Spider-Man doesn't see the rewards of what he's doing, other right. people see what he's doing. Right. And I, I think that's a character trait of his that he doesn't see. And his guilt drives him. Yeah. You know, even uh, the death of Gwen Stacy, the Green Goblin says she was dead. But Spider-Man's 100% certain that he killed her. By s- I'm 100% sure that he killed her. Yeah, I mean it's it's in, in the issue. It's pretty obvious that she died from a broken neck because of there's a crack. Yeah, there is a crack on the bridge. Exactly, uh, and the goblin taunts him and says, "You know what? She was dead when I threw her off that bridge." So, I, and but Spider-Man will never let that go, and yeah. that's who defines him. Same thing with Uncle Ben. It's a random act, but because Spider-Man let him, and that's who why he drives him. Even Gwen Stacy's dad, Captain Stacy, if he didn't make the goofy web to make. Doc Ock's arms go crazy and knock a chimney and crush Captain Stacy, then he always lives with the guilt. He doesn't see what he does to help people. Yeah. And I think if they can combine that, or maybe put a new spin on it, because you can't do the same thing. Right. But, yeah, I think I don't want them to use his race as a defining moment. Yeah. But uh, The truth is, I've always felt like the best the, the best examples of, like, Unfortunately, the, the creator recently died, and I don't know his name. But the guy who created, um, uh, what was his name? The show was called System Shock, I think. No, uh, dang, I just had it in my head a second ago. It was it was a kid show, and it wasn't Static on Shock. Like, Static Shock. The guy who created Static Shock created a series of, of, um, I think they were all black superheroes, uh, and he was trying to because it, it, it is it's a big problem in comics that that pretty much everybody big is white um, and that everybody who's not white is a, a, a drastic stereotype oh, yeah. in one way or the other. There are a few exceptions, but um, I think part of why uh, Static Shock was so good was that he was just a, he was a kid and he was black and he was growing up in an urban area, 
but that didn't you know the sh- not every episode was about the way he was treated or the fact that like he wasn't as good of a suit you know it wasn't yeah. that didn't interfere he was just a kid and so it well i mean yeah it's post-racial i guess which you know that gets into a whole conversation but um i just don't want i don't want to read ultimate spider-man and have it be drastically different than what spider-man is i agree you know he can't be the same character as peter parker but i think if he has the same values yeah told a different way a lot of people don't remember though spider-man 2099 his name's miguel o'hara so Mm -hmm. yeah so there's already yeah kind of an ethnic spider-man i guess for lack of a better word yeah and so you know i'm okay with it i don't because yeah, I don't, th- I'm okay with it too. You know, as, yeah, uh, well, as long as they have a good story, because I, I do feel too sometimes it's, and I think that's what when I saw it on CNN and I saw the story, yeah. and when I saw it on MSNBC, they're focusing on that he's not white. Yeah, and and, and that they killed Peter Parker, which isn't even true. Yeah, so um, yeah, and that's what they really focus on. But I have actually faith in Bendis that he'll write a good oh, story. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter how I started this little segment, the truth is I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. I want to. I want to find out who this guy is. I want. And you know, I don't know if we talked about Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man. How Spider-Man died. I don't think we have. Uh, um, I mean, t- to each other. Wax. No. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I think that's how Spider-Man should go out. You know, he should go yeah. out as a hero, and I think it's okay. Because the real Peter Parker is not dead. It's an alternate version of him. And it, and it, it's sort of um, – it was weird because it f- felt like a story that I'd heard while at the same time, obviously, it's new because he dies at the end. But as far as, you know, he's fighting the Sinister Six and he kills a few of them even. He goes down protecting these people. MJ gets a really great scene with a truck, which was one yeah. of the best entrances. Um yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it. And, you know, he did... He just did it protecting people. Yeah. And he killed the Green Goblin doing it. But my favorite... Yeah, see, I don't know. But see, that's my favorite shot I of the book. So. I think Is yeah. the Green Goblin smiling at the end. But I think it's because he he's thinks dead. he's dead and he thinks he won. Yeah. Because even... Uh, you know, one of the stories, too, that the Green Goblin is always tried to do is... You're just like me, Spider-Man. You right. know, you just don't know it yet. And so he's always trying to get Peter to go to the dark side. I am side. but a shadowy reflection of you. Yes. It would take only a nudge to make Power you Power corrupts like me to the mentally push insane. You out of the light. <laughs> you know it's true. Uh, thank you, Belloc. Uh, all right, you want to move on? Let's move on. There's just a couple more things. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, you didn't see the trailer for Red Tails, did you? We talked about this a little last week. And I uh, no, I haven't. Is there's actually a trailer for it now? Yeah, there's a trailer for it, which I didn't. When we talked about it last week, I thought they were just starting. I didn't. I didn't know even know they so started filming. Along. Yeah. It. Um, have you seen? Have you seen? Remember the Titans? Yeah. Do you know what a plane looks like? Yes. All right, then you've seen this movie. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it doesn't look. I'm gonna see it, and it'll probably be fun, but. I don't know. It doesn't look interesting. And as far as the first non-Star Wars movie for Spielberg, for Lucas to make, well, I guess Indiana Jones. <laughs> but, you know, it, I feel like this should be up there with great movies, and this feels just sort of... Um, oh, that's actually shocking that they have a trait. When does the movie come out? I don't know. I should know that. I should yeah, look that up. Well, I, I should be educated on this, but I'm not. But Thanks. still, I don't... <laughs> I, thought, I thought the movie hasn't even started filming yet. But I yeah, guess it's so filmed I. enough to have a trailer. Yeah. No, no. It's, um, or does George Lucas even need actors? It's probably all CGI. And no, that's the thing. The CG looks really good. Wow. Um, there's some cool shots in the trailer. The writing all seems pretty hackneyed. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I compare it to uh, Remember the Titans. I love Remember the Titans. I think it's one of the tightest scripts I've ever, I've ever seen. 
Uh, and this doesn't feel like this. That this feels more like this feels. I should have said, have you seen Coach Carter? <laughs> Which you probably haven't because you don't need to because you saw Remember the Titans. Uh, you know what's funny? I saw it briefly. Uh, this girl I was dating a long time ago. When did it come out? Like six, seven years uh, ago? I don't like even know. Like 2005. A girl I was dating a long time ago, she had it on in the background and I was like asleep. And Yeah. I can't take Samuel L. Jackson seriously when he tries to be all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's like Coach Carter only with planes. Mm. At least based on the trailer. So we'll see. But I'm I'm not excited. That's for sure. Uh, they're making a Green Lantern two. <laughs> they went ahead and okayed that. Yep, wow. they're talking very seriously about it, as if anyone cares. Uh, wow, cool. Yeah, so we'll uh, I'll ignore another one of those in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, there, there's going to be three tits in. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what I, you're talking about. You didn't even say I the need, title. No, no, wait. I need to finish this sentence before somebody thinks that there's going to be uh, nudity in in uh, Green Lantern. Um, <laughs> That'd be Total Recall. They're going to have the three-breasted um, prostitute in Total Recall. Wow, I, I thought it took place on Earth, I remember reading. Yeah, I don't know. I really... That, that's the first bad news I've heard about that movie. If it's Jessica Biel, then I'll be okay. <laughs> I mean... <sighs> That I uh, you know like like I said last week I kind of want that movie to be its own thing and anytime they call back to the old one I'm gonna feel like well we've seen that. <laughs> we've really seen need... three tits before next yeah, yeah. show you me know. when it's four <laughs> take take the... <laughs> look like a cow's udder I guess <laughs> yeah no it'll actually be the uh, the character from Kung Pao will just stand next <laughs> to Jessica Biel and that'll count um all right that's enough of that I'm I'm all right uh and then the last thing I have uh is last week we talked about AMC. I think the week before that we talked about AMC. So we need to keep talking about whether or not AMC is fucking everything up. <laughs> what uh, are they doing now? Well, there's two little things. First of all, Breaking Bad is threatening to leave AMC for its final season. Wow. Where yeah. would they go? Showtime, I guess, or uh, something like they, that. Or FX? Yeah, it would probably go to something like... They would probably try to get to like Showtime or something premiere. Um, but yeah, FX might pick them up. But I don't think it's gotten that serious, and I think that they will probably end up staying on AMC. But the reason is because with Mad Men's costs going up, Mad Men asked for $10 million for the season, for the next season. It's not that much. No, but at AMC it is. And uh, so they cut, I believe, $250,000 off of the budget for AMC and The Walking Dead for the next season. And they, didn't, they don't like that, and they're, they, they want that money. Uh, mm-hmm. So, as that, that's one thing. The other thing is, it's becoming a, a well. People are saying more and more that th- that money is also why Frank Darabont left. I don't really. I still don't really believe that. I still feel like, you know, TV is not his place. But yeah, I mean, it could be though because I mean, I, you have a vision, and obviously, a show like Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead, I think probably needs more money. The only reason I think you need yeah. uh, more money in. Uh, Mad Men is because the actors. Yeah, because I mean, and th- that is, I mean, that show has quite a few Emmys. It's it's one of the best shows. I know you don't like it, but it is as far as quality is concerned. It's one of the best shows on TV. So, you know, those people like I think Matt Weiner needs to make a pretty penny for what he's doing I think over so there. Too. Uh, I mean, he made AMC popular enough to yeah, get. He made real AMC. Shows. Yeah, the, Walking Dead only exists because of Mad Men. Yep. You know, so while at one while with one hand we feel like I feel like oh great, so now Mad Men is so big that it's hurting these other shows, but those other shows only exist because well, Breaking Bad started around the same time, but um, 
it, it's unfortunate. I the thing I don't want is for AMC to come out of this feeling like a villain because the truth is they're doing some of the most edgy, interesting things on television, yeah. and and they were sort of the impetus for a lot of these. You know, FX had shows going, but FX has changed the way that they're making television now because sort of in reaction to what AMC is doing. AMC sort of led the way in, you know, making premier co- uh, cable irrelevant at this point. So yeah. um, it's it's just unfortunate. I, I wish more people watched Mad Men and Breaking Bad so that those shows made enough money so that... AMC had enough money to pay them, but yeah. The, the interesting thing is that I actually you said that, and I went back and I read some articles that The Walking Dead's our highest rated show. It is. It, it's something like uh, eight million people or something. Well, I think it's their. I think it's their most um, sort of crowd pleasing kind of a show. Yeah, well, that's a show that you know just anybody can go well, into, the, and you don't f- have to like drama. Yeah, the know. funny thing about that is I think how they get away with it is because. The character moments are huge in it, yeah. But then you know they're going to break it up with zombie violence, and exactly. so you're going to exactly. pull. So the people who really don't care about drama are are going to be happy. Yeah, it's the uh, the lost complex where when yeah. I watch the show, I care about Jack Shepard and what's he going to do. I don't care about the smoke monster and the right. But so many people care about the smoke exactly. monster. Then that you know it's it, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, that's the last bit of news that I have. Burned through that. You know what? Uh, you covered everything I was going to say. Did I? You did. Good. Um, so we'll go into what we've watched. Did you watch anything this week? I did. I saw a Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, you did. That's right. And that movie is really good. Yeah? Yeah. I've, it's one of those movies that it's it has cliches of a romantic comedy, but it kind of turns on them. Does that make sense? Yeah. They... I mean, uh, Steve Carell has a big speech in it, of course. Right. And um, and there's like the sappy thing going on, and then but they also have, I mean, real moments. And I, I, I will spoil a little bit of it. The good news is, is him and his wife never don't get back together in it. Where the trailers kind of played that they would, you know what I mean? Mm. Where his, you know, that scene where he says, "I feel bad because I never fought for you." That's like in the middle of the movie. So there's still another 45 minutes going after that. Honestly, like, yes, that's a spoiler, but that makes me happy because I, the one thing about the trailer that I was like, oh, I don't want, I didn't want them back together. She, she likes going to see Twilight movies by herself. Like, yeah. that's, some, that's some bullshit. Exactly. And, but, you know, what the cool thing about that movie is, is it was really, again, Steve Carell has this ability to make you really feel for him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do... In his mind, he didn't do anything wrong in his marriage. You know, he says, I went to work, I did this, I did that, and you're the one who cheated. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And it, it, it made him like, self-analyze himself in the movies, saying, well, maybe I'm the reason why she cheated. And it was a, kind of an interesting dynamic. And uh, how he gets into Ryan Gosling's tutelage is he goes to this bar every night after he gets a divorce, and he's just there drinking, and no one listens to him, so he's just talking to himself about what his wife did <laughs> and how much he hates uh, Kevin Bacon's character. I forget his Kevin Bacon's character's name, but the last part of it's um, Hagen, and everyone says it a different way, so it's corrected throughout the whole movie. It's kind of funny. And so he says uh, – so Ryan Gosling comes over and says, hey, man, you know, you need to cut your hair. You need to look sharper. You know, you have to have confidence. And so the whole – it's an interesting dynamic between the two yeah. talking and – and it's a lot different than I thought it would be because, you know, you see – I thought it would be a, a little bit of a drama, but yeah. it, it was. Good. And – but the the actors in it are amazing and 
Emma Stone, every time I see her in something, she gets better and better and better. Because there's this part where she wants to hook up with Ryan Gosling. And she's so she's drunk over at his house. And uh, she says, we're going to bang. And he says, people really say bang? And it's a really cute scene because she knows it's not her character to go out and sleep with this kind of guy. Yeah. Because she knows what kind of guy this is. This guy's a player. Yeah. And, uh, but there, there's so many layers to the character because when you first meet Ryan Gosling, you're like, oh, he's so cool. He can get any girl he wants. He can just talk to him. He's a smooth talker. But then when he has this huge scene with Emma Stone, you kind of see why he's that way and why he, ta- he, he likes Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it adds a whole new dimension to the movie. And I actually want to go back and see it again to pick up the little subtleties in their performances because I picked them up earlier, but I really want to go back and analyze them because it, the yeah. movie's really good. That's cool. And there's also a great relationship between Steve Carell and his little boy who's in love with the babysitter. Hmm. And so Steve Carell kind of gives him advice in that. And it's it's a really, really interesting movie. Cool. And I think everybody should see it because it's really good. Yeah. It's yeah, one yeah. of my favorite movies so far of the year. Well, I'll have to if – I, if I miss it in theaters, I'll have to make, make up oh, yeah. to see it by the I end mean, of the I mean, it's not one of those sounds, movies – It sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's not one of those movies where you have to see it in theaters. You know no. what I mean? But And especially the way things are anymore where if you don't see it opening weekend, then it's in a small theater a it, week later. Yeah. And then it's well, when me and Laura saw it, we were seriously in a theater, I think, that held 100 people. Yeah. So, it, uh, yeah. So when we got there, we got there maybe 15 minutes before the movie started. We still had to sit in the second row because it was almost full because the theater was so small. Oh, wow. And But, yeah, I w- I'd say I, I don't want to talk too much about it because it really ruined yeah. the, the overall story of it. But, you know, there's really – funny parts in it and again Steve Carell is amazing he's yeah. one of my favorite actors right now and yeah you know anytime that he does drama it's, yeah he's you know. he's pretty solid and so yeah I would say everybody should see the movie I mean if you can't see it in theaters definitely rent it because it's one of those movies that will actually make you think really hard about what you do in a relationship and how it affects everybody else around you yeah and it's cool so yeah make sure you go see Crazy Stupid Love cool did you see anything else? No, that's all I saw. I've been working so much. That's all I yeah. saw last week. All right, well, I just got three quick little things. Well, I'll save the one that we'll end up talking about for a while till the end. But uh, the first thing is, last night, last night's episode of Louie was really good, specifically because Dane Cook was on it. Really? Uh, yeah. And I, I hate Dane Cook. I always have. Mm-hmm. But if you know anything about comedy, um, Dane Cook, you know, Dane Cook is a joke thief or is... Uh, now after last honestly I, I had very strong feelings about Dane Cook mm-hmm. and specifically about the feud between Louis C.K. and Dane Cook and I say feud it's not really one but um, sort of the issues there because Dane Cook pretty clearly stole jokes from Louis C.K. Uh, especially back like when he was blowing up the jokes he was blowing up on some of them were Louis C.K.'s jokes hmm. you know he also stole jokes from Dimitri Martin and they're they're the same jokes you know there's no getting around the oh, I didn't even know that like I actually like Dane Cook but uh, not as much as I used to but yeah, I didn't know that because I know Dane Cook has that huge he's like kind of a maniac on stage where right yeah yeah he usually takes uh, I always felt like he took really good jokes especially jokes that were because Louis C.K. and Dimitri Martin are, are these very sort of subdued yeah Dimitri Martin is funny in a way that he's so subtle about being funny. Yeah, and that's why yeah. I think he's kind of brilliant. And so Dane Cook would take those, and instead of being the, si- the simple thing, it would be like, and then there's a dragon. You know, he, he just blew mm. the jokes up, you know. Uh, and and here, let me also say, the, a lot of his jokes are his jokes, and they're, a lot of them are really funny jokes. Um, I just, 
it, the whole that whole thing bugged me. But last night he was on Louie, and they specifically talked about like the, their scene was about the fact that they have this real feud, and Dane Cook. Ah, it was so cool. Dane Cook at one point says, like, you know what I want from you? I want you to go, like, right now you're apologizing to me, Louis, for not telling these people that I wasn't stealing your jokes, but I want you to do something like go onto YouTube and post a video about <laughs> you saying, and I'm like, this is in the show. Like, it was so super meta, you know? Nice. And that show has always been so smart, but this was the one moment that just, like, blew my mind, and, and the fact that I was watching... Louis C.K.'s show where he was talking to Dane Cook about this issue, it was just so genuine and upfront um, in a way that n- nobody's doing this. You know, yeah, I should even really the watch shows the show. that, I haven't seen it. I should really watch it. It's that show. really good. Even the shows that I would compare it to, like Curb Your Enthusiasm, which are sort of about the main character in real life, you know, mm-hmm. like he takes sort of a skewed look at himself in real life. This goes way more realistic and, um, and smarter. It, yeah, it's a great show, and especially that moment. Because you know, this is something I've been following for five years now. You know, it's funny. To have this moment was just... Is uh, Family Guy makes fun of Dane Cook for stealing jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bit... He, I forget what... Dane Cook is hosting something where Brian is winning an award or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I don't remember the exact setup, but basically Dane Cook is hosting something, and he comes down and he says, Hey, what's up with that? College! Woo! YouTube! And everyone cheers and laughs. And they cut to a guy in the audience like, ha ha, I'm in college, that's funny. And then Brian goes on stage and gets his award, and he says like a speech, and everybody starts cheering, and then Dane Cook runs out and go, starts waving like it's him, getting the speech <laughs> like he's stealing a thunder. So yeah, that's, that's good. That's kind of a long-running joke. Uh, the other thing, uh, I saw Source Code last week, which is too bad that Brad's not here. We didn't mention Brad's not here. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I sounded just like him in the opening, but <laughs> yeah, he's everyone, not here. Everyone was fooled. Everyone. Uh, and I was sort of worried about Source Code because it's, it's from um, Duncan Jones, who's mm-hmm. uh, David Bowie's son, who made Moon, uh, which I didn't like at all. Uh, but Source Code looks fun. And the truth is, yeah, if you're a science fiction fan, you, you should see this movie. I heard it's really it's good. A, it's a really cool movie with a, with a you know, a neat idea and some really cool plot twists and um it'll at least keep you guessing the first 20 minutes or so are very 12 monkeys as far as like just throwing in throwing you into this world where you don't really know what's going on uh and i i feel like they always it's written in such a way that you piece things together just before the character does Mm -hmm. like you figure out this reveal and some of them you feel like, oh, I figured this out, and it's going to be the end of the movie. And then five minutes later, they'll reveal that to you. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now... And so the the sort of status quo in the movie constantly gotcha. changes, which is really good for for a sci-fi movie like that. It's really good because it keeps everybody on your toes. And it's only an hour and a half long, nice. you know? So it, it never... It doesn't linger on one thing for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I was really impressed. But the other thing is, I'm not done with Angel Season 5, but I'm good and in it. And I want to nice. talk about an episode called Smile Time, <laughs> which is one of, one of the best episodes, one of Joss Whedon's, or hey, I don't think it's his episode. Well, no, it is. It is. It is. Yeah, it is it's one episode. of his ideas. Yeah. Written and directed by him. Uh, oh, is it directed by him? I think it him? is. Yeah. I, know, I know that it was story by him, but then oh, maybe it, was, that's it, it was scripted by somebody else. Maybe that's it. But 
that was one of the coolest. I was laughing my ass off the whole time. Yeah, you know, when I was at Comic-Con, they had a Smiley Time Angel, like the actual puppet, for 600 bucks. If I had a lot of money, I would have bought it because it was really cool. That was everything about that episode was so smart. It was. Oh, I'm glad you saw it. And it was just a good episode. Like even if it weren't for the the quirkiness of this idea of of not only that puppets are demons, but that angel gets turned into one, and like you get you know, oh, it's just it was so good. I can't even. It it may have instantly made it onto my favorite episodes of all time. Yes, you know, Angel season five is really good. It is because they. I do like when they had an overarching thing throughout the series uh, seasons, but this one, the season five, has so many self-contained episodes, yeah. and they're all most of them are brilliant. I'm I'm about five episodes away from the end, and which which makes me very I I don't really want it to end because it's yeah. gotten so good. Because Angel was a show I was always on the on the fence about. Yeah. Like it was good, but you know, I, like I said last time, I hate Connor. Um, <laughs> And and I hate what they do with Cordelia up until though that episode that, I saw the episode with brilliant. Cordelia and it was great brilliant um, and again I mean if you haven't seen it, I'm gonna spoil it if you haven't Dude. seen it come on but again Joss Whedon kills the characters in the best ways oh the fact that that one isn't even like like there is no scene there it's no just, it's it's actually the most similar to the body where it's yep. just the end of the episode like he gets a phone call and somebody's like she's dead yeah and that's it. There's no, there's nothing powerful about it. There's no, like, it's not played up for drama. It's just done. I think that episode's so effective, too, because the whole time, hey, Cordelia's back, and she's back to being how she yeah. is. And, you, and, and then you so find happy. it's just a manifestation of his imagination. Like, is she there? Yeah. Is she not there? Is he, is she, it's, it's an amazing yeah. piece of writing. Because, I, think, I think she was there. Yeah. It's just that she's only there for that one reason. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude. And you, I actually got into Angel, um, before it ended because I got into Buffy in season five when it was on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget. I have very distinct moments of getting TV shows. I love on DVD after they've become popular. Yeah. I went to Best Buy and I always wanted to watch Buffy because my friend Joe always talked about how cool it was. And when I was at Best Buy, they had, I think the season, maybe only two on DVD at the time. And so I went there and season one, this was back when seasons of DVDs on TV were like $70. Mm-hmm. I went back and it was on sale for, I think, twenty nine ninety nine. I said, you know what? First season of Buffy, twenty nine ninety nine, thirteen 13 episodes, 13 hours. If I don't like it, at least I got some money's worth. And I put in, watched the first disc in one day, started the, halfway through the second one, finished the first season the next day, went <laughs> back to Best Buy, bought season two. Um, and then I was just, and then season three came out a couple weeks later, but Buffy was already on season five. Oh. And I'm like, I can't skip ahead. I have to catch up. Uh, yeah. So I saw that Especially season four. If you'd said any season if you'd said four, I'd be like, no, no, skip forward to four, but Yeah, then five, I got to four. And then uh season five I got in three episodes, season five. Mm. And then I watched it on TV from then. Nice. And so uh, then when Angel broke off, I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna get Angel because I like the character of Angel. I thought in, on Buffy is more interesting when he was Angelus. Yeah. So I, I didn't know if I should watch Angel. I'm like, I don't know. And then season one came out on DVD, and I put him like, you know what, this show's pretty cool. It's because they take it. Angels are very different. Very thing. different. And you know, I like I, we help the helpless, yeah. and then it kind of goes off and. You know, the Doyle character, he looks like he's a main character and he dies, like, right. in the second, third episode, yeah. I don't remember. 
But yeah, no, I think Angel is one of the most underappreciated shows ever. Yeah, I'm I'm not excited to finish. Yeah, it. when you get to the end, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, uh, and let me know because some people hate it and some people. I love it. I love the ending of Angel because they tie up. Uh, I won't spoil it for you, but like it's just awesome. The, and you know, like that's how I feel about every show, really. But uh, you know. However it ends, I really don't think that it can affect how I feel about the show, especially no. at this moment when, with episodes like Smile Time, which were just... Yes. Smile Time, to me, felt like the, uh, once again, with feeling of for Angel. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, it felt Agreed. like that fun, like, here's a big idea, and we're going to take it seriously. Um, yep. It was, it was just... Yeah, because Once More with Feeling is one of my favorite episodes of Buffy. It is. And it's a part of why, you know... It's an important episode of that show, just like the episode of An- this episode of yeah, Angel. Because it really has so important. much. There's like power in moments you wouldn't expect. Yeah. You know when in once more with feeling when Buffy tells them all she was in heaven and she they brought her back into mm-hmm. hell basically. Oh yeah, it's you, it's you, some you, of the biggest moments in that. Yeah, in that and season of course, anytime you see Allison Hannigan cry, it just breaks your heart mm-hmm. every time. And I'm one of those people that loved Buffy season six when she became bad mm-hmm. and. Even though people don't like because it it's dark, I think Buffy season six was really effective. I, I, I do too. So yeah, yeah. That, that's how I feel about that stuff. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, so um, yeah, now we would take a break. We'd take a break and do a commercial, but me and James don't do that because we have nothing to promote. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Go to realnerds.tumblr.com and send us your comments. Do that. <laughs> Because we're going to say that at the end anyway. Yeah. So let's just move into the movie. Yeah, so anyways, we saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and if you want to hear the trailer, you're going to because it's happening right now. Or you can skip it. Whatever. Why don't we begin? Meet Chimp 9. We gave him a gene therapy that allows the brain to create its own cells in order to repair itself. We call it the cure to Alzheimer's. told him to sign? Just a handful of things. Caesar continues to show cognitive skills that far exceed that of a human counterpart. The drug in his system has radically boosted healthy brain functioning. The drug works. These tests need to be contained. Is that a chimpanzee? You okay, pal? No, you're not a pet.
Cool. Hey, welcome back. So we saw Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and out of the real nerds group, I was the only one who wanted to see this movie. Uh, when I saw the trailer, I actually thought it looked really interesting. And after seeing it, I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting take on it. I I have to say the script was way smarter than the trailers made it out to be. Yeah, because that's true. Because, you know, you're right. You said it early uh, a few weeks ago when he says, we call it The Cure. And it was that's a and then, horrible line. And then in the in the movie it says, We call it the cure for Alzheimer's and he goes in and explains it. There's yeah. no like huge pause, yeah. a beat to reveal what they call it. It's just, you know, he's presenting this, this is what it is. The first trailer's a horribly cut trailer. I it think is. I actually think that both of the, the the main trailers for this movie are are atrocious. Yeah. I think they're some of the worst advertising I've seen in a long time. Um I I'm not crazy about this movie. Like I you know, it was good. I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I really enjoyed it that much. I think the first two, the first two acts are really good, um, and the the weird thing there is that while I think they're really good, I didn't enjoy them that much because I knew every beat of the movie. Because mm-hmm. the second trailer gives you every single beat of the. movie. I never saw the second trailer. I know. I think, and honestly, I I really think that's part of why you enjoy it because I always felt like. I knew what was going to happen next. And so that for the first two acts, I felt like I was just waiting for the third act. Gotcha. Um, and then the third act came, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay. And then, <laughs> and then the apes attack things. That, the, the third act is really sort of where it falls apart the most for me because I don't know where they got 200 monkeys from all of a sudden, and I don't know why they're shoot, not shooting them more. Like, at one point, they're attacking them with, uh, like, batons on horseback. And I'm thinking, what? What? You're not. You're cops. You have guns. Shoot these monkeys. Uh, but the real problem is that I never, uh, I never relate with Caesar in such a way. Like, to me, this is a movie, this is sort of like Breaking Bad, actually, where it starts and you like this character, and then slowly, you, you know, slowly that character turns into a villain and then is trying to kill people at the end of the movie, and I don't, I, I don't relate with that character. But see, Caesar really, really tried to kill people, though. He always talked the other monkeys out of from doing it. I mean, yeah. apes from doing it. Right. But that doesn't mean that I'm... I, I just... I never felt like I was rooting for him. Um, and I think, I think maybe if they had made it clear what he's trying to do... We, we don't need to say where he's going at the end of the movie, but I think if they'd made that more clear to me... Uh, maybe then I would have understood, but I don't know. I just, that was the biggest problem for me was that I didn't, I really didn't care about anybody in the movie. The main character, I think, or who, I guess Caesar's the main character. James Franco's character, I think, is just mostly a jerk and sort of full of himself and makes yeah. a whole lot of shitty decisions. Um, with a group of scientists who are probably the worst scientists. <laughs> yeah. Like these guys, I mean, the movie starts with them accidentally letting a monkey out of its cage. And, and and it like that that whole scene is just sort of like showing how much of fools these characters are. But I don't know. I just it wasn't as it wasn't horrible, but it never quite worked for me. See, to me, actually, I kind of like the Franco character in it because at the beginning he was totally full of himself, mm-hmm. and he says, "Yeah, I know what I'm doing." You know, and it, I thought John Lithgow was true. was was really good in it. John Lithgow's great. Yeah, cause, uh, and like I said a couple weeks ago, the scene with the fork. Oh, oh that scene is just one of the. It's I. I still think it's the greatest scene in the movie. Oh, dude! It's, it's so especially the way Lithgow plays that. It's so subtle. It's so. I mean, every time I feel like Lithgow when he's not Alzheimer'sy is a little bit 
Like, I think the way he's written is a little bit yeah. exploded, you know? Uh, but then when he's in Alzheimer's mode, it's great. Like, it's Lithgow, yeah. it's Lithgow at his finest, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, again, you know, people were talking about it. I think the uh, Caesar, the monkey, looks really good in it as, a, as a character. And you write that scene, like his face, because mm-hmm. it, it's what, what really – I thought that actually what turned the movie for me. I mean I actually enjoyed the whole movie, but the beginning is kind of interesting how James Franco saved this little baby, raised him, and he inherited this smart gene, I guess, from his mother. Yeah. And uh, when they're at that table scene and he's using the fork the wrong way and Caesar teaches him how to use it the right way, mm-hmm. the, his face is – amazing and, and and sometimes in the movie like yeah the cg is always good sometimes it's almost photorealistic oh yeah like, especially the the second monkey that they start testing oh yeah well 113 on the real what's gnarly, his name the Ronda? real gnarly yeah something something goofy yeah the real gnarly looking one um there's a there's a shot like when they're putting the mask on him where that looks like the monkey yeah uh, the, there were a few times when he doesn't quite I think the the clothes that they put on him look a little yeah. not as good as, as CG and I think the animation um, I think the animation is actually really good I think Andy Serkis is doing something kind of weird there where he's I think I, I think it gets close to sort of uncanny valley sort of where um, he's he's trying to not act like an ape when he's caesar and so that makes him feel a little more cg does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. like the other monkeys always felt way more real to me because they were acting like monkeys you know whereas he plays caesar as sort of a boyish kind of a character like he's got some some ape stance in him but for the most part he he's supposed to be kind of human and so that makes him sort of stand out as he does because he doesn't quite i can't quite figure him out yeah. you know i mean i think that's actually a, obviously it was a calculated yeah thing because they wanted him to say well this guy this is an advanced primate it just took me a little while to figure yeah. out why i was feeling that way because there were definitely shots where i was like he looks really cg or, or or not that not that he looks really cg but that i was looking at him and knowing that it wasn't real mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah you know it wasn't so much that like his you know the follicles of his hair look like they're artificial it was more, you know, I was looking His at mannerism. him not believing it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some. Actually, I, I like that. I've never. I, don't, I know that. I read what the director did before, but I forgot. But I liked how his camera was moving throughout it. Like, it had those. Like one of, I, I said it actually in my Freddy vs. Jason commentary. Some of my favorite shots in movies are ones that stay on actors. It's not, you know, we cut here, we cut here constantly. And in this movie, did it where. Uh, when the orangutans, uh, orangutans are on the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. it follows them all the way around and underneath the bridge and follows them some more. I, yeah. I love shots like that because it stays on the characters. It doesn't have to cut, cut, cut. Yeah, I think it was shot fairly well. Um, uh, and I didn't. I noticed those same shots that you did. Uh, this guy's never done anything before. Really? This guy, yeah, his, his movies before this were The Escapist, Get the Picture, and Subterrane. Uh, none of which have I ever heard of. Um, in fact, nothing. He he worked on Ice Road Truckers. Oh no, that's a that's a different Ice Road Truckers. <laughs> that's a movie about Ice Road Truckers that is in no way related. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's never really done anything before. So that's cool. Yeah, and especially and giving a big up. budget movie. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, he's probably like Peter Jackson's cousin. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but no, I I like the. I thought the movie was actually pretty fun. I I like the setup of the whole movie that 
you know, it wasn't just, oh, because even the trailer made you think that it was Caesar who was the one who's like, give me the more cookies mm-hmm. and ran away because he was smart. But actually he was already smart and he kind of yeah. advanced in. Yeah, and I think my favorite part of the movie is actually that section where he's he's in the monkey holding cells and he sort of <laughs> becomes like the godfather of the monkeys, yeah. you know, where he's not trying to break out. He's just like, you know, building friendships and getting people mm-hmm. under his wing, you know. Which that was really cool. Um, I I don't know is is Caesar one of the monkeys in their Planet of the Apes? I have I don't remember. Uh, I believe so. I know Cornelius is. Yeah, I know because uh, or Cornelius. You know, in this movie, there's a Cornelia. Because I remember that he there's a monkey that's sympathetic to the humans. There's a and then there's a, the monkey who wants to keep him as slaves. And I don't remember if that was Caesar who was sympathetic to the humans. I, I, I mean, I could. Rem- I haven't seen the movie in years, so I couldn't tell um, you off the top of my head. I believe in the original. There's just yeah, in the original, I think there's just the one monkey, and then like in the sequel, it's the you know, Helena Bonham Carter's monkey who also has like a slave boy monkey who you know. So mm-hmm. or, the, or there are a couple monkeys, but uh, but I don't remember their names. And I may may not be looking it up at the moment. So none of them are the same. Numbers. I will say the only thing I didn't like about the movie was Draco Malfoy's character. Yeah, just because it's so cliched. Not that I mean it's not really the actor's fault when his job is just to be mean to monkeys. Yeah, or mean to apes. I guess <laughs> he was probably my least favorite part because especially there's two sort of big jerks in the movie, mm-hmm. and one of them is the neighbor who is not like he's kind of a jerk, but he's a, he's almost like a jerk you can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like. He's not necessarily in the wrong, you know, like when the monkey first comes over mm-hmm. and he's like swinging at it with a bat and you're like, yeah, you know what? If a monkey came into my backyard, my kids were there, like I would not be okay with that. And mm-hmm. I would probably swing at it with a bat. Um, and we sort of relate, we, we see him as sort of a jerk, but he's not really. Um, yeah, I don't know. Draco just doesn't, Yeah, he doesn't work. He's just, he's just a flat jerk. Yeah, I mean, that's, his only point is to abuse the monkeys and... And uh, that was the, you know, I think this movie wasn't just, uh, you know, this movie's PG-13. I feel like they could have had a little bit more violence in it. And first of all, the way that his character dies, not only doesn't make sense, but isn't that cool. No. Like, it's not a good payoff for how much we're supposed to hate this guy. I liked it more when the monkeys were beating him up. The monkeys should have beat him to death. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially that other guy they they beat up. Um, I don't know. None of, oh, uh. Cornelius is the name of the monkey in the first movie mm. who likes them, but I think that's it. Okay, yeah, I was just curious because I, I don't remember the first movie to save my life. And, of course... I just don't remember the names. Uh, Tom Felton is Draco Malfoy, but he says, get your damn dirty ape hands off me. That was, the, that was the lowest moment of the movie for it me. It was. Like, he... Because he doesn't play that right. For, for one thing, any time that this movie... That directly was referencing the originals. I, I thought it was horrible. Yeah, like, there's one shot where like he's playing with a toy that's a that, that's a Statue of Liberty. That was cool. Yeah, like that line. And there was a couple other little things I can't remember right now. But that line especially is not. Yeah, that line was really unnecessary because I mean it, it's it, it's almost like they had to. It, it's the Star Wars thing where they say, "Oh, we have to say the Force will be with you." Right. You know, and that I mean that's important in Star Wars. That line isn't important. No, it, it's and then it, of it's course, actually, I guess we, we might be in the minority because in, in the movie we saw people. Oh, he said it. There yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, people for some reason really liked that, and I was like, no, that was a bad because it's not. It's not that important, and it's not like 
like in Transformers when he uses the the line from Star Trek. Like at least that line made sense there, and um, and yes, we were all aware of what was going on there in context as a as a meta, but. Um, I think it added something. It sort of twisted it a little bit. Yeah. Something that was interesting. Whereas here it was like, oh, here's the hero shot where he's going to say that line. And yeah. Just, Come on. And like, it's like, you know, is that, that force camera angle where it's really on his face? And yeah. Like, hey, pay attention to this. And especially because that line is so cool in the original that I don't... And really, can you out Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston? No, because you know? that guy's not Charlton Heston. No. And, you know, there's there's no badass main character in this movie who's really going to, like, fight back or anything like that. Who could say that line? Um, yeah, that was that was bad. Yeah, so that's the only part of the movie I didn't like. I, I, I liked um, almost everything else. Um, I guess my only other weird moment was the uh, the head of Genesis. He Genesis. Genesis. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I know he was bugging me. I was yeah. paying so close attention to that because I was trying to figure out what they were saying. Um, but he came in to the rack common area or cafeteria and there's all those apes that are just looking at him and then they start jumping down and then he runs out and then the next shot is apes jumping out of the window and then he's yeah. running into a helicopter yeah i mean how did he get out i don't know it seems like there's a scene missing there correct uh yeah or they just I, at a certain point you know like i said at a certain point i kind of felt like uh, especially between then and the bridge, I felt like this was just like, okay, we're going to go out and we're going to film some stuff and then just put apes messing stuff up in it. <laughs> and so there was just this long sequence of like, here's 200 apes running around, which I, I don't know where they got so many apes. Like in, in a regular metropolitan area, there are not 200 apes that you can make smart. <laughs> you know? I mean, the, the place where he was, they were holding Caesar had like 50 or something like that. Um, anyway, yeah, so that was that was weird. There's mm-hmm. some weird shots where it's just like, and here's apes doing this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Because, you know, and I, while I understand how you can watch this movie and feel like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to root for Caesar because he's, he's being abused and he just wants to get out of the city, right? But we also know that he's carrying a virus that's going to wipe out all of humanity. Yeah. And that's the point where, like, if they were just smart apes and they were just going to you know, get if if it was clear that they just wanted to break out, be free, and run into the woods, then I was like, okay, cool. Then I could handle that. But this is kind of like you're asking me to watch the movie Outbreak and root for that monkey that's got the <laughs> disease. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't. No, I want you to kill that monkey because I don't want all of humanity. Because while while yes, you've shown me a handful of just horrible people and how unfortunate it is that monkeys are treated this way. Uh, I can't help, especially when it's this close to reality uh, or to modern day, I can't help but feel like, well, no, because I don't want all the humans to die. Yeah, You know, that's the one plot so, element that I feel like actually, yeah. rips my being able to connect with the sad monkey moments mm-hmm. out, out of me. I might be able to debunk your not liking of it. Um, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So uh, Caesar... Just wants to take the monkeys into the forest. Right. Be in the wild. Be left alone. But the pilot who gets the disease transmitted to him, he goes to New York where those monkeys might overtake the 
the world and Caesar has nothing to do with it. Right, but that those monkeys still have <laughs> like even if they were just a rat, like like the one the one sneezes on that one cop. He knocks the cop off of the mm-hmm. horse and the Caesar's gonna kill him and then he sneezes on him and you're like, Oh, he didn't kill him, but he did kill him. Well, mm-hmm. little moments like that, I'm like, oh, well, these guys are still spreading disease, and they're horrible. <laughs> they're horrible, like you know, plague rats. They're like of, rodents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like making a movie about the Black Plague and making me root for the for the rats just because they they want to be warm. That's not no. I don't. I can't. I can't handle that. I, I think that's sort of where my uh, where I lost emotional connection, where because I felt like I was supposed to be rooting for the humans. For a while, or at least I was supposed to be rooting for James Franco because I want him to fix his father, and then he can't fix his father, and then I want him to fix the situation with Caesar, and then he can't fix that, and so he gives up. And that's an interesting arc, but not when the world is going to die. Yeah. I think the stakes are way too high for um, yeah, it's, for it's me almost, to root for the villains. It's almost like they could make another movie. I mean, if I mean, I know that's what you, you like about Prometheus is maybe they won't exactly. So, yeah, so it, now it does. It goes back to what Damon Lindelof said of like I, you know, I had a problem because I know how this movie ends. Yeah, and 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 it shouldn't even be that way because the original Planet of the Apes is not a movie about you know apes get smart and take over the world. That's not it at all. Mm-hmm. That's a movie about we as human beings destroyed our world until all that was left was the animals. We killed each other off, and then. Apes were the only apes. Of, apes were like, well, all right, we'll fill in that social void, mm-hmm. and they evolved to be humans. So it had nothing to do with like, you know, apes wiped out humans. That's not what happens in that. Yeah. That's why the Statue of Liberty has fall, fallen over is because somebody nuked it. Um, so it, it sh- this shouldn't even be a movie where I'm like, oh, I know how this movie ends. This should be something else, and yet they sort of try to force it into. Well, at the end, yeah. this has to be an apocalypse. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree, but yeah. I thought it was an interesting take on how the apes rose. Yeah, you know, I, because yeah, I think I, the idea there is yeah, really cool. I still think it's a really clumsy title, though. Yeah, because Rise of the Planet of the Apes. I don't like the of the of the in it twice. No, I mean the original title was Rise of the Apes, which is a better title by far. Yeah, but um, of course, it's probably someone in marketing saying, "Well, how are people going to know what we're trying to communicate?" Here? It's only you know we only took. Uh, one word from the original title and changed it, but somehow nobody's going to understand. Exactly. I, 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 that's one of my biggest pet peeves in movies in general is when they have to talk down to audiences. Yeah, which is exactly what this is. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you don't need to tell me that it's Planet of the Apes. It doesn't, you know, the only thing that ties it to is the very end. You didn't even have to have, if you didn't have that end scene where he's carrying the disease everywhere... Yeah, you could still just have it a movie about apes that get smart and run all over the place. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It should just be the rise of the apes. And there's also there is, or you said that about talking down. There's a scene where uh, John Lithgow. It's the worst line they give him in the whole movie, where he grabs his son and goes, uh, "I don't remember his son's name. We'll we'll say it's James. James, <laughs> I've been cured. I think it's Will. Will. Okay. And he does that. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Like, that's I know. Like it was so subtle and interesting. Where that scene was good until. Suddenly, he's yeah, like, you, no, don't you understand the thing that's happening right now? Eh. Yeah. I, I think sometimes they put those in there, and I said this about the Transformers movie, too. They put them in there for kids. I think that's why they always say the Transformers names. You know, it's uh, yeah. Sound Scream, Bumblebee. Everybody and knows there was who a, Bumblebee There was is. a sound off scene in this movie where they were, like, saying the names yeah, of the monkeys. Exactly. I felt, at a certain point, I realized, like, oh, I think this is supposed to be sort of for kids. Because, you know, there wasn't any yeah. violence. There yeah. wasn't any. It was just like, well, monkeys are... 
killing people, but we're not going to kill the monkeys. But you know, I can also see that movie might not be appropriate for children. No, because I, it's not. It's it's a borderline horror movie. It is. It should be a rated R horror movie because it's it's an action horror movie. I because it, you know, it has that. I mean, that big gorilla in it is pretty scary. You yeah. know, and he likes to beat people up and, and throw helicopters. Oh no, that was the the grizzly one. Yeah, who threw? Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I, I would I would say if if you watch the trailer and you were like that looks cool, I like apes. Go see it. But uh, <laughs> you know, if if you saw the trailer and you were worried about it, I, I'm wait till you rent it. Yeah, I I liked it, so I say you should probably go see it. But I, I was interested in seeing it when I saw the trailer. Yeah, and I would say you should fire everyone who made who, whoever worked <laughs> on those trailers. Just done, fired. There's Maybe they made the uh, Breaking Dawn trailer. I saw that trailer. No, that trailer again. is magic. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. That's one of the finest trailers ever. Oh my gosh, James! I used to like you so much, dude. He breaks the bed. He does. He grabs the bed because his erection is made of stone. Is that real? Oh yeah, I haven't told you this. Yeah, no. uh, the vampires, their skin is like stone, which is why they can't have sex because he'll his erection will just tear her apart, like just obliterate her. With and his this penis. is described so, in the movies or. In the books. In the books somewhere. I don't know uh. where, but it's in the books somewhere. <laughs> um, and and that's why they have to wait to get married before they have sex. Because apparently, like, getting married makes your skin not stone anymore. Oh, interesting. Oh, or maybe it's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he can't use condoms because, like, it'll rip the condom because it's stone. Maybe that's the explanation. But I know his, his skin is like stone and his erection will obliterate her. Wow. That is a thing. That is such a cool movie and no, or book series. Oh my god! Oh. I can't believe you're gonna put spend money so they so they're it. gonna make more it's movies. It's gonna be the funniest movie of the year, Ryan. <laughs> they're gonna make more movies because you. No, they're not. Series. They can only make one more. Well, she never said it was the end of the books. I think she does. I'm pretty sure she does. Well, and it doesn't matter because the fans all hate book four anyway. Do they so, really? I'm, yeah, a lot I'm of not, them do. I don't file anything in Twilight. The only thing I know about it I don't either. Is, I, just, I just collect this nonsense, The only Ryan. knowledge I know is because I read Entertainment Weekly. And like I've said before, when the actors don't know how to act in it because it doesn't make any sense, maybe people shouldn't like it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I shouldn't be, but I am. It's going to be hilarious. Anyways, anyway, that was Planet of the Apes. Yeah, Planet of the Apes. I say see it. James says wait. Meh. <laughs> and uh, next week, uh, this is... I... Wrote down three movies, all with question marks, if we're going to see them. Uh, 30 minutes or less. Looks kind of interesting. The question mark. Then, uh, is this one pronounced Conan the Barbarian or Conan the Barbarian? Conan the Barbarian. That's what I thought. So, Conan the Barbarian, question mark. Well, I mean, the is three. That next, that's next week, This next week. So, uh, is the third one the help? Uh, the third one is Fright Night. Oh. That I put down. And the only reason I want to see that is because it's written by Marty Noxon, who wrote... Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, really? A lot of episodes, yeah. I'm also kind of interested because it's got David Tennant in it, but I don't know that I really care enough. Especially, I think the other two movies would be more interesting to talk about and more fun to see. Yeah, I, I, it's probably one I'll see with Laura or something. Um, yeah. And I actually saw, I didn't I didn't hear it because I saw it at work, but I saw a new trailer for Fright Night, which is good because I, I've seen that one in the theaters so many times. And they have, they showed uh, Colin Farrell's transformation into a vampire, which I don't think they should have. And it's he has like this huge mouth with like all these fangs in it oh. that looks really CG. Is it like a Van Helsing mouth? Yeah, like a Van Helsing vampire. That's yeah. too bad. So yeah, so um, I, I'm guessing I'm probably going to see 30 minutes or less. Would be my guess is what I'm seeing next week, or maybe Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I'll, I'll see either of them. Uh, I I want to see them both, 
Cool. Even though, like, Conan, I don't expect will be good, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Violent, who cares? I, I, I just, I know he's not going to say what is best in life. Yeah. And I'm not sold on the dude who's Conan. No. Because he Or does. the CG in that movie, like, like when he picks up the chain and hits the horse in the face with it, I'm like, that is the worst CG chain it's, you know, kind of, I, of all of the CG chains I've seen in films. <laughs> I, I think a big problem with um, 3D is when a movie like Conan the Barbarian doesn't have as much money as a movie like Transformers and Avatar, it looks bad. Yeah. There's no need for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can contact us at Real Nerds. At, uh, you can contact us, contact us via email, realnerds at gmail.com. Sweet. You can like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast. You can also see our awesome blog at Tumblr. Just type in Real Nerds. We're there, too. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Um, we don't know what movie, so it's a mystery. So you really we'll, got to we'll figure gotta, something out. You really got to tune in because if you don't tune in, you're not going to know what movie we're going to watch. So <laughs> this is very true, or how we feel about or it, or how we feel about it. So this yeah. is a, this is our this is our Breaking Dawn Part One ending. And since Brad's not here, we don't know if we got an email, but somebody email us. Yeah, somebody email us again. Anything. Yeah. The only just, the, just like you know your favorite website, link it in the email. Yeah. Send us that. The only person who's ever said anything is my cousin Clay. Said I listened to your guy's show. You guys are hilarious. It's the only thing I've ever heard about our show. Well, I think Joe really likes it, doesn't he? Oh, Joe likes it, and I called out one of our friends, and he got really mad and sent me a hate email. So, you Is know. it Matt? Matt. Oh. Yeah, so keep on sending him. So we we not only have a few fans, but we also have one hater. Yeah, you know. Which and, is cool. And that the means thing, we're, like, t- in the next tier. Exactly. We have people who don't like if us. If people hate us, that means we've done our job. Because then they'll... Oh, email us hate mail. Yeah, because then they'll talk about us and hate us, and then people are like, what are they, why do they hate these people so much? We have to listen to their show. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. you know, keep that up. And hey, you know what? If you go to a movie, we might see you there. Yeah. Till next week. Bye. Bye.